Hello everyone and welcome to this week's show. I hope if you have Brazilian heritage and you live in Luxembourg, you enjoyed last week's show, which featured, of course, Dr. Dominique Santana and Naja Lirio from Brazil, who was over here because of the connection between Brazil and Luxembourg. I also hope you've downloaded Riding the Rainbow app in time for Christmas to help donate to families who have arrived in Luxembourg with very little and not just in Luxembourg either as this charity spreads its way across the world thanks to the indomitable Emanuele Santi. Now, COVID is around and a few of our colleagues have it, so we do wish them well. And it's why Sasha, my colleague, can't be with us this week. Uh, a few others as well have it and it, it's it's making its way around. So we do hope everybody can get better in time for Christmas. Uh, this week, uh, I'd love to know what you're listening to, what you're reading. On my part, I've uh, finished a podcast series called Stolen Hearts. I enjoyed that very much. And uh, a few others as well. I might put them on the show notes. And I'm really enjoying David Mitchell's books. He's a fabulous British comedian. I finished Dishonesty as the second best policy and I'm now um, going through his autobiography backstory. Very, very funny. And just finally in this little introduction, we have two tickets to give away to Mumzais the week before Christmas. It's going to be in the Grand Théâtre. And it's a very famous um, script written by Dickes, who is a famous Luxembourg author from 100 years ago. And the show will be in Luxembourgish with French and English subtitles. So two tickets to give away for Tuesday the 19th to Mumzais at Grand Théâtre. And with that, let's move on to this week's show. We're going to talk about talent scarcity in Luxembourg. We all know that Luxembourg is a very pleasant place to live. It's international, it's diverse in some ways, it's small, it's relatively safe and it's green. We have great access to other European countries. But perhaps it's also got the reputation of being expensive as a place to live and this reputation is true. <laughs> um, and perhaps also it's not the quickest to change. So here to discuss that, we may have Dr. James Mully arriving at any point, dashing into the studio. He's, uh, he, he, he got the address wrong, so he, he's a little bit late. But here with me in the studio, I do have Fanny Kunz, who is head of operations at Nextgate Tech, Manuel De Witz, who is from Digital People, Roger Roger Kramer, who is Senior Vice President and Head of Department at Spurkes, and Christophe Regnon who is from Loft, the Luxembourg House of Fintech. And Christophe, I'm going to start with you, actually, because you brought these people together. And I know it's something that the Luxembourg House of Fintech has really thought hard about. And it's something it really cares deeply about, which is getting the right talent and the best talent to Luxembourg. Why does this matter? Absolutely. It, it does matter because um, this is critical for companies to grow. Uh, and as you know, the, the Love Luxembourg House of Financial Technology is here to serve an ecosystem of various companies of various size. And indeed, talent is one of the vital element of growth. And, and, and that's where the, the, the gens of what each company is doing is mostly placed. Of course, you have the finance, you have the technology part, but the human part is at the core and is in between. And indeed, I, I put together, and thanks for welcoming us, um, all these people who were part of an event uh, our great colleague Anthony Martini put together is uh, in charge of education and talent at Loft. And um, this is the second edition. And what we try to do is to 
um, put together in the same place uh, companies and candidates. Um, and here we have a selection of various stakeholders, participants of this event. A bit like speed dating. Exactly. <laughs> a bit of speed dating uh, with a bit of content as well, because we had also a very interesting um, uh, yeah, workshops and conferences that we broadcasted live on RTL today. So of course, that's also of why we're here, but also on social media, which worked very well as well. Um, and uh, yeah, the idea was to bring all these people together and to make sure that they know each other's and they see if there's, you know, uh, a, a, connection. A, possibility, a connection, a possibility to match. And, and, and yes, yeah, so we had uh, companies who, who had jobs to offers uh, jobs to offer and 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 people who are looking for a job or internships or you know it was a bit of a conversation that we tried to trigger yeah um, yeah and so you you're working in financial technology fintech it's at the the cutting edge the frontier of how the finance sector is moving exactly. so you get a lot of people coming from all different spheres together and Luxembourg you know it has this great hub what talent do you find is missing in Luxembourg? I think it, it uh, I mean, in a general way, it's related to each company. It depends uh, on the level at which they are at and, and where they want to head at. Um, you know, what we try to do today is to bring uh, participants that uh, I believe will show uh, from various perspectives, uh, whether you are a scale-up uh, startup uh, like Fanny in, in Netscape Tech or from what we call an incumbent like Roger from Spur case, um, uh, what are their perspectives and what type of profile they are, they are searching for? Yeah. At some point, you may think they are searching for the same type of profile, depending on what project they are on and so forth and so on. But um, they also have their own uh, project, their own direction, their own strategies. And then it really uh, uh, depends uh, on, on, on that. Well, uh, yeah. yeah, that makes great sense. Let's turn to Roger then from Schwerkes, as you mentioned. And for those outside of Luxembourg, it's deeply embedded within the fabric of Luxembourg. I don't know how old the bank is, but um, I'd say I relatively. More than 170 years old. So let's call it a, uh, not a fintech company. <laughs> I think it's the oldest, it's the oldest bank. Yeah, so it's got heritage and yeah. you have heritage within the company. Not that much, but 35 years. About, yeah. About 35 yeah. years. And you are head of the Department for Innovation and Project Management. Um, as it happens, SNET, which is the Spurkes's yeah. uh, online digital um, app, it's the second most visited website yeah. and app in, well, I don't know if app as well, but anyway, second most visited website in Luxembourg. Yeah. I know as a user, it became very usable. And I think COVID probably kickstarted that. Yeah, I think COVID. Uh, started everything in relation with, uh, with <laughs> changed everything in the banks. So the relation to the customer changed. People could not come anymore to the agencies. The agencies were closed. So everybody has to to use uh, online banking, mobile banking, and uh, especially mobile banking. So yeah, it became a, a very important tool for the bank. Let's say from a tool that was just. People just use it to check their bank accounts and make sometimes a transfer. Now it's becoming a tool where people can do nearly everything. So it became the biggest agency that we have in the bank. Yeah. 
Now, you have this uh, long history, your career history, I would uh, prefer to say almost entirely. I know you had a little stint in Strasbourg as well, but most of your working life has been at Spurkes yeah. in Luxembourg. Um, before, a person might have thought that's a very good job. To, I mean, it's still a great job to mm-hmm. have. Uh, it's a linear career. And it seems that younger people nowadays don't take linear careers or may not even have that option. What are you seeing within the bank? Uh, we exactly see that. And that, I think that's a big change for us. We uh, uh, we are used to see candidates and uh, we choose the candidates. We are not used to have candidates who will choose their future employer. They're choosing and, you. <laughs> and they are choosing us. So that's a completely different mindset that we must bring now, that we must have. And, and that brings another lot of things with, with it. You have to be attractive. Before, we were just attractive. Spurkis was the name. If you worked by Spurkis, you just made it. And now we have to, to be attractive to bring these people with us, to, to, to offer what all the other, let's say, fintechs or, or startups are offering. Like, I think we have people choosing between Spurkis and Amazon. It's not the same uh, name. And uh, so we have to, we have another competitors on this market and we have competitors in this market before our only competitor was the government so how do you make yourself attractive to young talent i think we have to offer what all the other what what the young people want now they want to have flexibility they want to work at remote um, they want to have a good salary uh, they, I think, and one of the m- most important things today is the <laughs> balance, work-life balance. And I think that's uh, really becomes one of the main arguments that you must offer people to to get them. And then you have to be attractive, even in your in your offices. You have to offer them nice offices, and not old buildings from which have uh, 150 years might be very nice from outside, but they have to be nice from inside too. You mentioned flexibility there. What is the difference, in your opinion, between flexibility and homeworking? Oh, homeworking is um, it's the easiest part. You can uh, you 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 work from at home. You can organize yourself and and think that's part of the flexibility. The other part of the flexibility is people can come and work at ten o'clock. They can leave at eight o'clock. The the, the most important thing is that they've done their job. And I think uh, that's uh, um, a very important part today of the balance, uh, life-work balance that people want to have. And then, of course, it's not just about attracting the talent, it's about retaining the talent. Yeah, yeah I think one thing is to get them, and, and that's a new phenomenon that we uh, now live in the, in this book is we never had people coming and being there for three months. Uh, now we had a lot of people, not a lot, but we have some people coming signing contract starting to work and three months after they they went because they didn't like it so do you get feedback as to why yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It, management style uh, lack lack of uh, flexibility i think usual stuff you can all you will always have somebody who will not fit in the team okay but uh, we have now that experienced this a little bit more often 
Okay, that's, that's not usual, usual for us. That's very, very interesting indeed. I want to bring in Fanny here. And by the way, welcome, James. Uh, it's great to have you in the studio. Thank you for making it over. I know it was a bit of a dash. Uh, Fanny, you're head of operations at Nextgate Tech, and your specialism is, in fact, in management and leadership and organizational development. And you've seen HR in various corporate and startup settings. So I imagine you're listening to Roger with yes. a, a lot of interest in your experience yourself. Would you like to? feedback on anything you've heard him say. Yes, of course. Just a small fun fact that, for example, at Nextgate Tech, the first person who uh, resigned during trial period went to Spurkesa. So there are people who oh, so prefer the, the secure bank environment. So um, I think it really depends on personalities sometimes. Uh, but yes, it's a very, very different environment. And what I see on the market that it's uh, maybe because of the appearance of the uh, fast growing uh, tech companies that the, uh, this environment get faster and faster so of course talents uh, change faster and faster and they stay at one place just a couple of years and then go to another place and sometimes we as a company need to adapt for that on that point do you think it's good if when you're seeing profiles and you have worked deeply in HR and, and many other things aside from that is it good for a person to have different experiences on their CV to move around or do you think it's more profitable for a person to stay at one place? Um, it depends. So um, I'm always trying to see the person as well. Of course, if you have a lot of CVs, you cannot do it uh, in every cases. But um, I'm a bit against that that to uh, to judge the job hopper so harsh because there are some certain reasons when it's it's normal that someone uh, changes job. Uh, time to time. Uh, but uh, uh, going back to your question, so I believe that there is an additional uh, value of uh, seeing more environment because that build your personality as well, your work style too. Uh, but you could also do in the same uh, workplace in different uh, jobs or uh, different positions. Or for example, my personal case, uh, when I started uh, at Nextgate Tech, there were only four people. Now there is 40 people. So it's a totally different in how long? In what? In four years. So um, I'm doing different things what I did uh, uh, four years ago and I'm at the same company. So it's, it's really case by case. I imagine in that case, in your case of, of seeing that level of growth from four to 40 people in four years, you like the number four, um, you will have also taken on a lot of different roles mm -hmm. because I imagine in that kind of startup building stage you have a lot of responsibility, whereas maybe in Spurkes you have a more defined role. So it requires a different set of skills. Uh, exactly. And actually, there are like some certain characteristics what we are looking for uh, uh, for the people when we hire um, at a startup or uh, especially in Nextgate Tech. And uh, I believe these characteristics were very important for my self-development as well. So uh, first of all, I think people need to be passionate. So they need to like what they are doing that will uh, push them forward and to take the extra mile. The second part is curiosity. So I, I think that helped me a lot uh, in my professional uh, experience that to um, have that curiosity in your mind, to be able to uh, develop yourself, um, to, to learn and to adapt uh, to every changes. And uh, the third one is uh, really the uh, to be able to collaborate because that that's the unique thing of humanity that we, we 
are able to create synergy and uh, and make something great together. When it comes to going through all of the CVs that you will have when you have a job opening, do you use AI? No, we we don't. Um, I I think we are too small for that. We have just a couple of open positions. uh, uh, So we can manage that uh, um, like internally and uh, also uh, what is more common now that we don't receive so many CVs we have to go to the market and search for the uh, clients I believe the ad hunters have a lot of experience on that that uh, yeah we receive CVs but we can manage them and then the big work is going to LinkedIn and search for the talents what we want. Yeah, well, we will come to Manuel on that point uh, quite soon. But the reason I asked about AI is because I know that some people do use AI to Mm -hmm. job search. And I was wondering with the skill set that you look for, the curiosity, uh, the collaboration, and there was a third one. uh, Curiosity. No, curiosity, passion, 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 curiosity and uh, collaboration. Um, There are things that are quite difficult to write on a CV without proving it. And I'm wondering how AI can investigate that, but I'm sure they'll find a way. Uh, But then I will turn to you, Manuel, because, well, first of all, tell us about what you actually do as a company, a startup as well. So, yeah, a startup as well. Um, We we kind of in the middle of uh, people like Roger or um, Fanny. Uh, but also in the middle uh, with candidate as we are a recruitment company, so headhunting and recruitment. So we work on mission uh, company like maybe Spurkis or another uh, name, um, ask us to find relevant talent. Uh, and then, yes, we headhunt them, um, which is goes a little bit further than just finding them or collecting CVs. Uh, because since uh, a little while now we have like people sending us our CV, and yeah, that's that's uh, an amazing form for me, an amazing job to be in the middle. And actually, all the philosophy of digital people is uh, based on on being in the middle of the two the two the two part candidates and companies. Is it hard to find the right talent for Luxembourg? It's an excellent question. Um, you can answer it honestly. This is a, yeah, I, a, a forum I, I, for honesty I, I, here. I, 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 I will be. I will, I will be really honest. Sometimes it's it's complicated. Um, uh, foreign talent are sometimes. I mean, there is other place in the world who are kind of more attra- more attractive. I won't say that it's not really more attractive, but. This this is kind of um, well. It's a combination say, of things. Yeah, isn't if it? we if we come to only an aspect really concrete, heart heart to heart, um, the salary uh, for tech talent sometimes they earn more money in their own country. I mean, um, b- just before the the war in Ukraine, I mean, uh, a, a a good engineer, software developer developer in Ukraine was earning like $1,000, $2,000 more than an offer he could get from even a startup here or even a legitimate company. And yeah, we were like, okay, but uh, Luxembourg. And and I said, what for? You know, I'm going to pay more my my rent. I'm going to pay more for living. uh, And I I, I have to make a cross on $2,000 a month. So you realize I'm not really that interested. Now, if we take this, the way to attract them, and it's again part of the head hunting, it's knowing the people, uh, we could attract some people um, through 
the environment of Luxembourg, like a family environment. So those developers who had a family, one kids, two kids already, who were thinking a little bit further than just the cash and and the comfort of living and thinking about social security, about um, employment security and stuff like that, those were the ones who we will be, we were able to discuss and get them uh, because playing on that environment, which in Luxembourg it's very nice. Also, we we need to to agree on this. Uh, good social security, good good life. I will say I always say when I have to promote a little bit Luxembourg, it's like a, it's a family paradise. Everything is well organized for family, and uh, and actually, actually Luxembourg is trying to attract families. Um, so this is a, it's a complex, it's a complex situation. Um, it's also, and I, I get back to Roger with this, a lot of company here in, in Luxembourg, uh, have an old fashioned way of doing the business, an old fashioned way of managing the people. And this can be like a, a, a problem. We have often some candidate that we, uh, we attract for our clients, come back to us and say, I don't understand. There is something not a little bit strange here in the company. So we need to do also this social activity after with the candidate and also advise some company about, you know, the new way of doing stuff worldwide and not just only in Luxembourg. That's a, a very, very strong point, and I'm sure actually, well, I have lots of nodding heads in the room. James, I'm going to, to bring you in here now. I know there was a, a little bit of a, a confusion over uh, the precise address. Don't worry about that. No, nothing to worry about at all. I just want to introduce you uh, to our audience, uh, Dr. James Mouly, who's the Academic Dean and uh, co-founder at the European Business Institute of Luxembourg. So firstly, James, do tell us what the uh, university is and what it wants to do. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, mia culpa, by the way, on the... <laughs> no worries, no worries. And good You're morning, here. everybody. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> hello, everybody. Good to see you in person. Um, the European Business University slash Institute is a... Uh, an, it's a pivotal center for agile learning. And let me just uh, put that into context. Uh, we have over 21,000 students uh, who have enrolled in our programs globally. We work with over 130 partners. And Agile, in that uh, the landscape is shifting dramatically, we are ensuring that um, our learners are engaging with us in something that is affordable, accessible, and equitable. Equitable, I underline, and I can talk about that a little later on. But in essence, uh, with this shifting landscape, we understand it's more about competency as opposed to qualification. And uh, What do you mean by that precisely? What I mean by that precisely is that uh, you may have your PhD, you may have your master's, but you walk into a new position in a new office, in a new job, wherever you happen to be. Are you competent? Are you able to fulfill the tasks? And what are the demands of the workplace today? What is industry demanding? This is the question. Uh, and it becomes very obvious that there 
is ongoing professional development continuously. Yes, society demands our credentials, but at the end of the day, business demands competency. That's a very interesting distinction, I think, and, and very important for a business school. So therefore, I mean, when you say these things, I think immediately of internships, uh, um, because that's perhaps the, the quickest way to learn what a company needs. So do you right. talk to companies a lot and you try to find from them what they require on the ground, in the jobs, and do you then feed that back to the students? Quite frankly, what we do is we do not speak to the companies directly. Uh, we survey the marketplace. Um, there are publications uh, and there are papers that are put out there that cl are clear indicators of what the market is demanding in, in general. Um, very Just simply put, uh, the MBA uh, is a demand from the marketplace. It has now come into the fold such as also the Doctor of Business Administration, it's still not recognized here in Luxembourg on account of the fact that it's not come into the fold. Uh, so you have uh, these uh, competency-based qualifications. Yes. suggest, just pausing on that point, it's reflecting perhaps back a, a couple of similar points that Luxembourg is a little slow on the uptake with certain things. I mean, that surprises me that that's not considered a, a full degree here. That is correct. It's not recognized. Uh, uh, not only is the market uh, place moving forward, uh, but no one is running to keep up because it is running very fast. And you mentioned artificial intelligence. Well, how about uh, artificial um, general intelligence, which is now human cognition? And this is something that's going to arrive here sooner than later. So, as we know, government um, uh, institutions, accreditation processes, these take a long time. There's a huge lag. And this is the problem. We have a very fast-moving environment. And, you know, we can talk about crypto regulation. We talk about CBDCs and so on. And it's here. It's now. But regulation takes time. And this is where, of course, the conundrum is for government. And indeed, you are an expert in blockchain and AI. And this conversation is, is really focused under the umbrella of talent and talent scarcity in Luxembourg. You deal with global education. And so perhaps to Manuel's point as well, do you think Luxembourg is an attractive place to be? And I mean, I, I mentioned this given that you are originally from Kenya, you've lived and worked in New York, in China, in Germany. How does Luxembourg sit compared to all of the other global places you have lived? If, if I can just put it into some perspective, um, uh, first of all, the borders are non-existent when you come to this environment. Um, Google and Microsoft have just set up a 115 Ken shilling billion, billion Ken shilling uh, uh, recruitment <coughs> hubs uh, on that part of the, uh, of the continent. Why? Well, because uh, the talent does not have to be physically uh, in one place. Is Luxembourg competent? Uh, I believe Luxembourg does have the leverage, uh, the attraction, but I do not think that we are up to speed yet. Um, and, I, and I will put out something here that I, I will say that it has been a little bit of a setback. Uh, the government recently passed legislation in just before the elections this year, 
outlawing all universities that are in Luxembourg uh, that use the term university. Why is that? What do you mean outlawed? Well, in other words, the only university by name that can exist in Luxembourg, local that is, is the University of Luxembourg. It's pretty clear. The competition. Uh, competition is healthy. And this is something that is has, has uh, sent shockwaves uh, amongst the other 14 universities. And this is where our name has been changed to Institute. So, yes, on the one hand, we do have... Um, and I am a Luxembourg resident and national. Let me add that proudly. Um, but let me say that uh, we do have the leverage, but I think that we need to take into context where... The landscape is the goalposts are moving on a very frequent basis and we need to be agile and pivot. So do you think Luxembourg is a good place to live and to be working? You've just mentioned that Microsoft, for instance, you know, people don't have to be resident in a place. Uh, and this is, as has been underlined a few times, an expensive place to live. Uh, salaries don't always reflect this. They're not uh, in par with other places where you could earn more compared to the cost of living. So is Luxembourg a good place to live and work? Absolutely. Oh, that's very clear then. So you have no problems at all, Manuel, when you're, <laughs> when you're finding talent. <laughs> uh, it, it, is, it is a good place. Uh, as I mentioned, in certain cases, it is a good place. But I, I, I truly believe that it's starting to lose attractiveness. Um, there is many places. I mean, it, it's not only about the companies. Um, and we have a lot of people reaching out and say, yeah, I'm looking for a job, uh, software development or whatever. The, 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 I'm looking for a job, but I want to do that remote. Well, remote job in Luxembourg, uh, it was super nice for uh, COVID time. Uh, every company were using this and it was like, wow, we offer. But once COVID went away, uh, we can see that companies say, uh, remote, uh, it means you're not going to work efficiently. Uh, this is a mindset where we can see in other countries, they're totally okay. I mean, imagine... Now take again. I'm coming back to the to the to the reality and the news. All the IT company in Ukraine. Do you think that all those software developer and there's a huge community they work from office? Do you think that they are not able to being efficient in the condition they are by working remotely? I think there's a different conversation. I think it probably yeah. depends on the job because some Definitely. jobs require creative brainstorming. Yeah, but when we come to coding? Probably not so much. Probably not so much. <laughs> <laughs> on that point, I must give a yeah. shout out to Emanuele Santi, yeah. who was here last week, who has created this amazing, during his COVID lockdown in his bedroom, created the app for Riding the Rainbow. And we had Elena, who is a Ukrainian yeah. refugee here as well. And he has hired Ukrainian tech people to um, to make the app effectively yeah. and to do everything yeah. for it. So he's he's extremely happy. Uh, that's no disrespect to anybody in Luxembourg who is a coder as well. But um, something going back to something else, and given that 
about, we're talking about recruitment here. I know that you also happen to be an expert on LinkedIn profiles. (laughs) So please, for anybody here listening who might want a job anywhere in the world, it might be remote, give us a little lowdown on what should be on the LinkedIn. We we were talking, we make a speech, uh, Valentina, my co-founder who was... cannot be there today. Your co-founder um, who's also your wife. Who's also my wife. We send uh, out hello a, to Valentina a, yeah. and your daughter who yeah. was sick and yeah. well she hurt her head I know little children yeah. and yeah. falls and yeah. knocks. Um, we made a speech at Fintech Recruit uh, about about building your branding your personal branding through LinkedIn when you are looking for a job for example. We can see that um, LinkedIn has been around for a long time you know um in the sales environment, which I come from, uh, we we use this this platform maybe a little bit too much, but uh, it, it brings results. What we could see recently uh, through, through through LinkedIn is that developers they never invest in that. Some invest, and guess what? They are the most successful one. They are the one who get the good jobs. They are the get the the one we had entered because they are visible. So there was this this view like, okay, my CV... Yeah. You mean the developers as individual people, not the companies? Not the companies. Yeah. I mean, candidates, uh, if we take talents, you know, talents. Um, those ones are the one who invest time on building a brand, uh, their personal brand on LinkedIn. They usually, they don't have to look at for a job. Job comes to them. Because they are visible. Because people like Fanny are yeah. looking through LinkedIn, yes. as she said earlier, <laughs> yeah. and literally trying to find the profiles of these people. Yes, exactly. And uh, for us, if a developer puts that extra effort uh, to the profile, shows ambition, shows that, uh, okay, he thought about his career, he, t- he, he likes his, uh, uh, what he's doing, or he wants to grow more. So I, I totally agree that those people, they are like very fast finding a new job. Yeah. yeah, because you probably just put in some keywords and you and you find <laughs> yeah. them there as well. It, it goes even further than this to think that the brain doesn't, re- I mean, that you don't realize as a person, but your brain realize. And this is where we play a lot. Um, imagine you arrive to a, a profile on LinkedIn, you're a recruiter, you arrive on a profile of LinkedIn, your brain will take seven seconds only to to trust the profile to want to continue to read a little bit more, to go see the about section, to go see the background, seven seconds. Okay, that you've means, looked into the psychology of this. Yeah. So yes, what, yes. what do we see in those seven so seconds? So seven seconds give you the first visual aspect, image, your face. That's the, your eyes goes directly. When you can make the test at home, go to your profile, go to anybody profile, your eyes will be attracted by the photo. Okay, but pausing there, yeah. this is where AI for HR recruitment might be helpful because that might lead to positive discrimination, even if we don't know we're biased. I cannot agree. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I cannot agree because... Okay, um, I'm glad, because, I like a little bit because, of uh, yeah, yes, non-agreement. But it, 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 it's actually a very question and we come back to the AI. But actually, what touched the brain, an AI cannot replace because it's based on emotion, it's based on background of a person, it's based on his on his career or on on a lot of stuff. So we're still on the photo. What we're makes still a good, on the photo. What makes a good LinkedIn photo? What makes photo? a good photo LinkedIn? So um, I, I use, when I do presentation at, at conference, I use this. Uh, it's okay to be in Hawaiian shirt on your photo of LinkedIn profile. 
as long as you own a shop in on the beach a surf shot a church a surf shop on the beach in Malibu you know that's okay so it's a line you're, you're okay to be in just a shirt did you say no I just say that you see people who yeah. doesn't pay attention to the photo and they wear whatever they want yeah and and it's not a line okay now your brain is going to say okay but I, he's applying for a developer Why the surf shorts? Where does it live? Oh, for is me, that leave? makes perfect sense, yeah. developer in surf shorts. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it is proof, scientifically proof also, that a photo with someone smiling, with we can see the feet, your brain accepts it more. It's okay. more likable. And then this, in seven seconds, your photo, your banner, the way you banner. So you, if you don't invent, and your tagline, uh, if you just like let the normal one like, oh, software developer, your tagline is not attractive. Give us a good tagline. Well, if you're a software develop, uh, developer, I say, I make, I don't know, I make, um, I make my, I make the, I make your app uh, super fast and, and very, and very, um, likable to uh, for your or your customers you know something like that something that touched the emotion of the person who's reading and we say huh that's interesting i mean the photo the guy is smiling i like him the banner there is some keywords it's not it's uh, he pay attention to this and then the tagline is just not software developer so you know? basically those seven seconds yeah or whether you choose somebody to go forward with yes. or not. My goodness. Even, even if you have a super CV. Right. Okay. LinkedIn so is becoming 2.0 uh, professional ID in the world. Right. So we receive a CV. The first thing I go, who is he in LinkedIn? Do you look at his other social, his or her other social media, or, or them, other <laughs> social media profiles? Actually, um, actually, I don't really look myself but i gave a conference last year in moldavia uh, an hr and recruitment conference and it was about using the social media for recruiter or for candidate to enter the head of a recruiter before even sending your cv and this social media like instagram like linkedin like facebook like uh, tiktok can be an amazing powerful tool Because you can enter the head of someone without even send your CV yet. Now, the problem is, we have talked on this yeah. show about when you are in, well, not the remote workers working on the run, but when you need to work in a team and collaborate, as you said, mm -hmm. Fanny, you need a diverse team. And within a diverse team, not everybody will want to be the extrovert putting themselves out there on all of these social media platforms. You'll have some people who feel really anxious about this. I am one of them. So how do you recruit that other person to the team who doesn't want to do all of that? Because also competency, like James says, at one moment we cannot just focus on this. This is a good, it is a good door kicking, you know. Mm. But at one moment, I mean, we, even... We say opening the door, not door yeah, kicking. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it, it can be an icebreaker, you know, yeah. an icebreaker, first icebreaker. But after that... Yeah, I mean, you need to have the competence mm -hmm. also. So we don't stop. It gave a first, a first, uh, a first intro, mm -hmm. let's say, and then we go further. We we cannot just look at the uh, social media. If you look, a few years ago, 
on me or you sp- you were speaking to me, you will never hire me. Never. I'm That's an why introvert. you set up your own company. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> actually, no, no. I wish, but uh, there was another reason. Uh, yes. You got married to somebody who set up her own company. No, no. It's it, it, We will need another show. For okay. <laughs> You're welcome this. back. You're welcome back. Christophe, I want to turn back to you because I know this is a topic that you return to again and again. And I know that you care about it at The Loft. You really care about making Luxembourg a place to be attractive to the best talent. And so you are also in the middle, a bit like Manuel, you're in the middle of speaking to the politicians, to the big businesses, to the startups, you've got them, you incubate them, and also to the talent. So what do you find as the issues? Um, It's just for them to get to know each other. I think Manuel uh, pronounced a a word that is a key word, as you mentioned earlier, is uh, alignment. And that uh, is what we try to do, is bringing people together. So we have these other words like ecosystem, community, uh, but that's not just words for the loft, I mean from the loft side. It is something we keep on working on every day. So whatever topic... Uh, subject, uh, tech, finance, or health, it's, yes, the occasion of bringing people together so that they can align their understanding and understand that, yeah, there are synergies uh, that they could get by working together. Um, And whether they are from a a more traditional company or a startup, whether they are from tech or finance uh, or whatever other industries or worlds, that's how it works. Like bringing all these people together and realizing that they can benefit from each other. It's bottom line and helping them to get the answers to the question, what's in it for me? And, and, And really making sure that, you know, they understand that. And when you trigger that, then... I mean, they do the job by themselves. So what we're trying to do here is, you know, to bring all these people together relentlessly, all the time, (laughs) every day, all the year. Okay, so you've said a couple of things there that I've picked up on. First of all, I know that this conversation is leaning towards tech, uh, the the nature that tech, and of course, it's going to revolutionise our futures in a way that we can't foresee right now. I know, uh, James, you work in blockchain and AI, etc. You mentioned, Manuel, that a lot of tech developers want to work remotely. They're cheaper to employ that way and they're very happy with their lives and they get greater salaries, perhaps somewhere else. How do these remote workers come and find this alignment by meeting others? You're not going to get the remote workers coming to all of these events. Well, we also have remote events uh, and actually that's exactly what we did with the FinTech Recruits Edition 2. Good answer. Exactly, (laughs) see? (laughs) And that's exactly why we did it, is to uh, spread the word first out of Luxembourg and the place we we chose, the ABC Rail Building, because, you know, at some point it was already packed. But the idea is to spread the word outside Luxembourg and try to reach those remote workers or those uh, foreign talents that could be interested in in uh, in Luxembourg, and and actually talking with Manuel uh, before the show, he told me that he got quite a bit of a few contacts, contact him, and even some deals and and something so, some things is going on there. So uh, that's the reason why we did it, and to be uh, and to be aligned with uh, what does. Uh, Manuel just said is on LinkedIn it, uh, and of course RTL uh, Today uh, uh, TV uh, that's where we start to get and so quite a bit of interesting numbers. 
So uh, yeah, that's it's also this hybrid sort of way to to work because you also have to match what are and that's also something we're working on right now at Loft is our personas, defining clearly who we are talking to, targeting, and making sure that we choose the right media or the right ways to reach them. So that again, as part of our mission, making sure that you know putting them all together, then we find the right channel, the right ways to do it. You also said what's in it for me as a line uh, for some people. Now, I wonder if that's changing. The what's in it for me. Obviously, one might think, you know, money, salary. They might think also about working environment, uh, flexibility, etc. You've been uh, quite quiet, Roger. So I want to bring you in now. You've listened to all of this about more startup nature and perhaps more remote working. But for let's call it a more solid career, perhaps, where you do come into the office more, I know that you have flexible working as well. Um, When people come, do you think they come with that mindset, what's in it for me? Or do you think, I think, (laughs) I might be wrong, but I think younger people coming into the workplace, it's not just about what's in it for me, it's about more of a global society and, and some younger people want to do good for the world. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, for the moment we see every different kind of, of uh, profile uh, coming to our bank. So, yeah, there are people who want to make, uh, want to have stability, just people who want to make a line on their CV and, um, yeah, and people who want to even come by bike to the work. So, <laughs> make it really <laughs> uh, ESG uh, compliant. But um, I want to react what uh, James and Manuel were saying. I think we have to, to see something in Luxembourg the attractiveness of Luxembourg, the trend is going down. And I think that will be in the next years a big, huge problem in Luxembourg. And we have to react, we have to do something. And I think yeah, needs some kind of uh, taking of conscience in the, by our new now government that they really, they must, they must do some things. Because when I see that, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, we got five, 6,000 CVs a year, just like that. Now we make an uh, announcement for jobs. We have zero candidate, not even one. And that, wow. not even for specific jobs. Maybe when we are looking for uh, <coughs> specific IT talent, okay, you don't find somebody. We are going to headhunters and trying to find somebody. Even with headhunters, it's very difficult to have some people. And it's not, in this case, it's not the bank. It's the job who, is attract, who attract people or not. And it's not the job, it's the environment. If you are looking for people, I would say, which are over 45, 50 years, we will find them because, like you said, it's a very family-friendly environment. If you are looking for new talents with bringing fresh innovation in, a, in, a, in his business and you're looking for people 25, 30 years, for the moment in Luxembourg, you will find anybody. It, it's very, very difficult. And the people who are resident, Luxembourgish resident, normally they want to go to work with the government because for the moment um, the IT section of the government, they are really good and they have a huge attractiveness in, in that. So it's for the moment it's really difficult to get to get people and I think we, we must do something collectively. The, the, the country must do something because if not even the big tech companies, they will not find anybody anymore. And the big tech companies, they will not only hire people who we are working from Poland 
here. They have to, to come to Luxembourg from time to time and it will become difficult. James? I can, I can add to that. Um, you're absolutely correct. I worked with the University of Luxembourg in the Masters of Accounting and Audit for over eight years here in Limpitzberg. And we were um, uh, graduating a cohort of about 40 to 50 students per per per, session, per whatever the cycle. Um, our partners were Deloitte and so on. And during one of the steering committee, more than one steering committee meeting of which I was a part of, they said that we were not producing enough. There were not enough people. Mm-hmm. They hired 100% of everybody who graduated from the Masters of Accounting and Audit. But there weren't enough. So why didn't they um, just employ from outside the borders? Well, this is, of course, now a different question, but <laughs> I'm just I'm just collaborating with yeah, what was said. Think, there were just not I enough people who were graduating. In, in yeah, the country correct. here round, we, we have used every talent which is here round, I would say, 100 case. So the, the Grand Region, what we call, there's no, there are no talents anymore. They're all working already in Luxembourg. So let's go to another question then, and you'll have seen it in the sectors that you are professional in, James. What jobs are required What is the future if a younger person is listening? Hello, if you are, and thank you for listening. What should they be studying towards? Well, well, here in Luxembourg, obviously, we're focused on finance. I mean, there's no question about that. And we also work with IFDS State Street uh, in compliance. And um, there's just not enough uh, people to recruit. Uh, I'm working directly with um, Florian Zontag, who is, again, with IFDS and... Uh, and Gerard uh, Pujol, who was formerly with J.P. Morgan, uh, we are looking at trying to ensure that we create the competency, but also produce the workforce. So this is an area, again, if you're looking for uh, a, a title, <laughs> compliance is, 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 is constantly in demand. May I suggest, as somebody who doesn't understand the fundamentals of compliance, or even maybe the basics of compliance... <laughs> It doesn't sound like an appealing, interesting job to me. And <laughs> sorry to say that. KYC AML. <laughs> I, I think they are, they are the most hated people in companies. I, Absolutely. I, I, but I, it's uh, people I, who are doing it, they like it. That's there's good. Demand. There's a demand. There's a demand. <laughs> I don't know if it's an interesting job. I'm glad the people who are doing it like it. That's very, very important. So if somebody wanted to get a job, if they became good at compliance, they would probably get a job. But I think I bring it in again. I bring you in here, Fanny, because I think one of the criteria, which may not have been a criteria a few decades ago, people want to have work that they enjoy. They want to really love the work they do. That's when you get the best work out of a person, which is exactly why it's resonated in different ways. They want to have good management or maybe non-hierarchical management in some capacity as well, which you get more often in the startup sector. You get it in some of the the, the big tech companies that are not European normally. <laughs> um, but, you know, younger people, I say younger people, I mean, even me, I, I, I want to have interesting work. I want to love what I do. And I'm very grateful I do love what I work. But I saw I created it for myself. I'm not sorry. I'm not going to go and be, do compliance. I, it wouldn't be for me. I don't think. Even though I love maths, but um, <laughs> that's not going to be me. <laughs> so, what what do you find when people come and want work? Uh, so you mean that you, you know we we've heard here that there's a shortage of certain skill sets. I think some people coming into the market in their first second careers they want to have interesting work. Yes, uh, that's 
it's very important when you are at the point that uh, you need to choose what you will study or what you will work that you you know yourself you know your skills and you know your interest as well because sometimes that could be difficult as well um, and then you choose and what is more important that you dare to to change if that uh, choice didn't work out or if you see that on the market maybe there is something else which is more demanding and then uh, you can uh, really learn some new things that, that I think this is what is uh, very common recently compared to like 20 years ago that people just change their career they start to do new things and um, and uh, to add that what uh, what we want to see on the people who are coming to to the company that they uh, they have a clear uh, view that what they want to do and uh, then uh, they, they will be successful. So if you enjoy what you are doing, then then it's by default, I think, that uh, uh, you will be successful, you will get feedback, you will be even more driven to do what you are doing. Um, so it's, it's something what is difficult to find as a person that like uh, to know that what's what's your path and as a as an employer that to, to see which person has that path already something we haven't really leaned on here it's been mentioned briefly in passing internships how important are internships in order to as you said fanny find out what you like and what you don't like but also to build a working relationship with a company and how should one go about getting an internship so it's an open floor here uh, yes uh, we realized that last year that it's uh, it's a very important point of our recruitment strategy even and uh, the growth of the uh, company to offer a good uh, uh, program for the the uh, students so we really worked on uh, meaningful intern positions where we uh, give the opportunity to do research to uh, uh, to get some really professional experience and uh, then uh, we, we had some candidates who later on stayed in the company so uh, after they finished the, the, their study they stayed there and that's the easiest recruitment I think so this is a, a crucial point nowadays and th that helps also on that that to have some younger people in your uh, uh, team yeah, yeah. I think the last five people that I had in my team are all coming out from an internship from University of Luxembourg so, so for me it's uh, I when I hire an internship I do it like I would hire somebody definitely in the bank you do it with and, thought yeah and most of them stay mm -hmm. but there was one thing I want to react for what you said before Fanny said before I think what what will become more and more important is that people you have to offer people the possibility to make a change in their career Develop. learn something new so what we are calling reskilling upskilling and that's something that's more and more and I think that can also be an answer to the missing of talents that we have if you have people inside who can have the talent and to give them the possibility to make an upskilling and to go to school again and to wait for them to come back, I think that will be one of the possibilities to uh, to fill up the, 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 the lack of, of talents. Because I think we are trying now to create what we are called the Spurkes Academy just for giving these people the chance to, to go in this academy and to make some reskilling, upskilling. So that they can change their work uh, during the next year. So it's not only just very beneficial to the company uh, in, in providing the skills that the company mm -hmm. seeks and lacks, but it's also personal development for, for the employee and that makes them feel better 
Uh, uh, we at um, at uh, fintech recruit uh, we had a, a very uh, a very strange um, experience with internship because this is something that as a recruiter recruitment agency at hunting agency we never explore it never we were not even conscious of this kind of um, this kind of activity but in fintech recruit the conference, we had a lot of students coming to us and say, hey, I'm a student. Um, do you know any company uh, who's doing, who offering internship? And that happened one time, two times, three times. Sometimes those guys, they were even, even more motivating when presenting themselves that people were looking actually for a job. So we were like, mm, something. Valentina and myself, we were like, hey, there is something. And actually, we say, well, internship can be a, a smart way. And Roger just just confirmed that he hired people uh, who were doing internship. And it's a good way. Fanny, you, you, you mentioned all that. So we were saying, why don't we get back to all our customer and explore with them this opportunity? Yeah. And actually, they are. They are willing. They understand the value of it. They understand also the complication of it because it's kind of onboarding someone who's not going to be immediately. And this is a relative uh, way to say it. Some of them are really good. Oh, I'm sure they are. <laughs> Actually, we saw some CV. They were super good and they were looking for internship where based on the CV, they could take a job. Mm -hmm. So this is something that we, us as a recruitment agency, we were like kind of surprised positively by the motivation of the student, sometimes more motivating than just someone, do you have a job for us, uh, for me? And this was really interesting. We have uh, one minute left and I'm going to give that to James, sorry to put you on the spot, to tell us why an MBA, which is an affordable MBA with EBI, is a good idea. Well, um, thank you for putting me on the spot. Sorry. One minute. Uh, but the, the entire process of, of, uh, of an online program is that it's accessible. Uh, and uh, if it's online, uh, the best part of it is that you're not geographically restricted to having your lecturers um, geographically also, also confined. So we have lecturers from uh, the University of uh, you know UCL. We have we have uh, lecturers from um, Royal Holloway. We have lecturers from King's College, and that's the beauty of having an MBA that is online. Uh, the dynamics of of course recruiting. Uh, is is plays a role here, but think about the networking. You know, you have a you, the reason why you join an MBA is so that you can network. Well, you can now cast a very wide net across the oceans <laughs> when you network in in this environment. So. Or at least In the brief. English Channel. <laughs> <laughs> In brief. <laughs> Thank you all so much for being my guests. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We hope you've learned how to polish your LinkedIn profile so that people like Manuel and Fanny and, of course, Roger can seek you out. And if you're looking for a very versatile and very affordable MBA, if you're listening to us across the waters, any waters, I know that you are. Um, I, I highly recommend you having a little look at that programme. And, of course, Christophe, thank you so much for bringing everybody 
here together. It's been a joy to meet you all, to have you on the show and uh, we wish you a lovely week ahead. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.